What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost and Lifting Talk. Today's episode is the very first episode that I have done with an actual guest coming onto the podcast. So, first, I just want to give caution I am not the greatest interviewer. This is something that I am brand new to. I'm trying to learn not to speak over people, um, let people finish their whole thought process before I jump in. I just get super excited and want to jump in as they're speaking because I have a thought too. And it's something that I am going to have to work on over time. So, I just want to say that very first that I'm not the greatest interviewer yet. But this guy that I brought on today, Hunter Polly, is a super cool dude. He's a guy that I've followed for quite a while. I actually learned that he's not even um, coaching at the moment. He's not um, nutrition coaching or personal training because he's focused on some other things he has going on in his life. But just a super inspirational dude, a really hard worker. And he's a guy that's not afraid to take risks and put himself out there. And he even explains in this episode that he's more of an introvert type of type of person as well, just like myself. And maybe a lot of you that are listening to this, that, that have goals that you really want to go out and accomplish. You're just always so scared to take that first step to actually go out and accomplish those goals, whether it's in your fitness journey, um, with your career or like your relationships or with friends, whatever it may be. So many of us stop because we're scared of, of failing or just the fear of rejection. And, and we get into talking about that a little bit. A lot of the content that he posts is very um, value-driven as in like towards your lifestyle, your mindset, thinking positively, um, and just your perspective to help you in all areas of life. So this episode's not really just about fitness. It's more um, lifestyle, talking about Hunter and, and a little bit of his story and, and the stuff that he posts and a little bit of his messaging and some of the stories that, that he has in his life. So I really do hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Like I said, I'm not the greatest interviewer. But I'm taking imperfect action and and learning on the go as we go. So enjoy the episode, and I will talk with you guys soon. I guess let's just get this thing recording. All right, so we're recording just so you know. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> cool, dude. So how did you get into fitness in the first place? How did all of this happen for you? Uh, so my first like real interaction with fitness actually happened in high school. Um, I'm from Montana, but I actually graduated from a school down in Florida. Uh, some people may know of it. It's called IMG Academy. So it's on the Gulf side of Florida. Basically what they do down there is they prep high school students through sports and education, um, basically preparing them for college. So um, when I went there, I went there in 2011 and graduated from there in 2013, but I went for golf. And at the time they also had soccer, football, tennis, lacrosse, um, and since leaving there, they've added like football track and everything else. So really accredited high school for basically preparing people for college through sports and education. Um, and going there, <laughs> I was very weak. Um, I was six foot, 140 How pounds, maybe. I was 17 when I went there. No, almost. Yeah, almost 17. So that was so like your senior year. Junior year is when I went there, actually. Yeah. Junior year. Halfway through. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But how did that happen? Of, what? Yeah. Keep going. Oh, so. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I start asking questions and, and get in the yeah. way, dude. So when I get in the way, I'll, I'll stop myself. I'm sorry. But I get curious and I start asking questions. So, so yeah, keep going. So I'm sorry. Part of how I got into fitness was down there, actually got introduced to 
working out through the athletic coach there because even though we were in golf, we still had to do a lot of training outside of um, just practicing, you know. Um, so we did a lot of cardiovascular work, endurance work, a lot of stretching, mobility and stuff. Um, and that's kind of like what sparked my interest was that and seeing those first changes. And as you probably know, is working out sucks at first. Like, Absolutely. I don't I don't know anyone that the first time in the <laughs> weight room, they actually like it. Um, but once you start <laughs> seeing those changes, that's when I was like, you know what, this working out stuff is it's kind of cool. And that's how it kind of all started. Um, so through the year and a half, to almost two years that I was there, it just kind of grew on me. But a lot of the stuff that we were doing was just cardiovascular work, um, endurance training and stuff like that. And it wasn't until after that I graduated from there that I finally started doing some research online, um, bodybuilding.com, <laughs> a very credible source at the time for information. And I honestly was just super tired of being very small. Um, so I stumbled across an article by Lane Norton or Dr. Norton, um, basically just kind of covering macronutrients at the time, if it fit your macros was a huge thing. So he really talked about that in the article. And that's kind of where I found the idea of, you know, what calories were calorie surplus, calorie deficit, stuff like that. And Basically, for a year straight, <laughs> don't recommend this. Train seven days a week because I did not know any better at the time. I've been there, and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> because at the time, when you first start out, it's always like more must be better. So if I train oh, yeah. seven days a week, it will be better versus you know only four days a week. So I didn't know any better at the time. But train seven days a week and basically ate chicken and rice for every single meal besides yep. breakfast. And I got to the point where I just was washing it down with water at that point. So, but over a period of a year, I gained quite a bit of weight and I did put on quite a bit of muscle size because that was really my first introduction to actually strength training. Um, we did do some at the school, but not a whole lot. So during that year, I did see quite a bit of progress. And then I ended up doing my first first competition um shortly after that oh, i didn't and, i didn't know that you had competed before yeah so i've competed three times now oh cool uh, very cool how, yeah. how long has it been uh last one i think it's been two and a half years so it's been a while yeah i think i started following your stuff probably like six to ten months or so ago so it was probably right before that but that's cool i want to hear about the golf though because I play a lot of golf too growing up um, through high mm -hmm. school and stuff. I got super into golf playing um, like in college and whatnot too. So do you still play? Is that something that you're still into or I know you got a lot going on now. So, you know, I get yeah. that it kind of goes away after, after your life starts, but, but yeah, dude, yeah, I love the golf. So what's that all about? That's what kind of happened is we golfed five days a week down there and then would practice obviously on Saturday and Sunday. Very competitively. Very competitively. Yeah. So they also did block block scheduling for the school down there. So I would actually golf in the morning from 7.30 to about 12 o'clock, go home, shower, change, go and eat lunch. And then my classes would start around 1.45 for the day. And I would go until about four in the afternoon. That's cool, man. So were you like an elite golfer? Obviously, if you made the – did you go down there for the academic side of things or more for the actual golf? Is that what you were there for? It was more for the golf when I went. Um, but – 
coming from Montana to there, I was really surprised to see the level of golfers that were down there. They're versus playing up all year here. long, for sure. Yeah, playing all year long. The courses are way different. Um, Absolutely, grass is different. So yeah, so it was a, it was a big eye opener because coming from here, I was like, wow, I'm pretty good, like you know, full of myself and stuff, and then go down there and it's like, whoa, yeah, for there's sure, some really good golfers out here. But I did the best I got down to was a three handicap down there, so so that it was legit. pretty good on courses like that. I'm sure you're playing on on top notch courses too, so yeah, that's legit, man. Courses. That's awesome. Um, but there was kids from all over the world down there. And some of my best friends were from, uh, you know, Singapore, Brazil, oh, all over the country, all over the world. I mean, so there's, it's amazing to see the talent that that school is able to pump out of there. And now it's just amazing. The kids that they're able to pump out of that school through football and everything. Are some of those guys like um, big timers now or any of them golfing professionally and whatnot too? There are some professional. I would say there's more women that have gone professional okay. that I know and they're playing on the LPGA. So, but, you know, golf has changed a lot in the last five to 10 years. It's not just Tiger and Phil and a couple oh, other yeah, people dude. winning all these tournaments. Now it's like, and well, you can have someone that you've never even heard of come up and just win this tournament. Absolutely. So, it's it's really crazy to see how golf has changed, especially in the last yeah five to ten years. That's cool, man. I had no idea um, about you that we had a little bit of that connection. I played. I got. I don't play as much now either. Once you get a family and you start running business and stuff, it kind of is goes on the back burners, right? But but yeah, man, that's awesome. I had no idea about that. So you went out there just to play golf. Once that happened and you got done um, golfing and whatnot, and you came back. Then then where did things go for you did you go like did you go play collegiately did you play did you go to school in montana yeah so i graduated from montana state university which is in bozeman montana uh in may and they actually don't have a men's golfing team they only have a women's so i tried to go to a couple schools that were accepting i could have gotten into on a golf scholarship but at the same time it wasn't like a full ride so it kind of would have outweigh just going back home to where I was from and getting in-state tuition at the time. So I just, I came back home. I went to a community college for two years actually, and then went down to Bozeman to finish my degree down there in dietetics. So where are you originally, where are you originally from in in Montana? uh, Originally Helena, but originally I was born in out in California. Oh, cool. I've got a buddy that, uh, that, so I'm from like the Southeastern, um, northeastern side of, of like Idaho and, and Utah, right on the border right there. And I've got a buddy here that moved up there to uh, to play baseball in Helena and has lived there ever since. So that's cool. That's a, okay. it's a cool place. Like all the, the, like the breweries and like the, just the, yeah. it, the culture up there. It's way different than down here. It's super different, but like, it's a, it's a cool, definitely like outdoors type vibe. I, I like Montana. It's a cool state, man. Yeah, it is. There's so much to do outdoors, which part of me, Man, I hate the winter. Can't yeah, stand it. I've seen on your stories and stuff how much <laughs> snow you guys have already gotten too. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but summers they just make up for it. It's just absolutely outdoor activities that you can do here is just unreal. Yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. So um so in college, did you graduate with your dietetics degree? Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So cool. I graduated in dietetics. I usually just say nutrition because uh, you know, some people don't know what dietetics is or but yeah, dietetics, nutrition, currently in a internship right now, which 
goes from August 1st all the way until basically the end of May. And then cool. at the end of that, we are finally able to sit for the RD exam to become a registered dietitian, essentially. Cool, man. So explain um, like dietetics and is there a difference between like a dietetics degree and a nutrition degree or is it the exact same thing? Is there a difference? So there is. Um, I think it's going to depend on the school too, depending on how they label it. But if we're specifically talking about a dietetics degree, that is for someone who wants to essentially become a registered dietitian and basically... Once I become a registered dietitian, then I'm allowed to medically treat, let's say you, if you had diabetes or cardiovascular disease with medical nutrition therapy. So it's a Uh, lot more in depth. It's a lot more in, yeah. And the internship is a a big portion of it. So it's basically a five-year program if you tack on that extra year of internship. Um, Cool. And a lot of the internships are unpaid. There's are some out there that you do get paid, but vast majority of them are unpaid and the student actually pays for the internship. Is that the kind of situation you're in too? Yeah. Yeah. It's a part so, of the paying the dues for it and everything though, right? Yeah. So I'm basically paying to work for someone else currently right yeah. now. <laughs> That's what a lot but, of successful people do in the, in the beginnings though, man. That's just kind of the, the journey that you have to go on to get to where you want to be. Right. And you know yeah. a lot about that, especially like with the type of um, content that you produce and stuff that you post a lot of like mindset and and lifestyle stuff i know you're a a fitness coach right are you do you coach online you do correct i don't coach currently but um, i have had some clients in the past yeah cool but but i the reason that i I vibed with a lot of your stuff is just how mindset focused you are and and all about um looking to the future and just like a really positive outlook like with with thoughts and everything that you're pushing how did you kind of get into all of that kind of stuff like go down the path of, of getting into that type of content and like, where did all of that come from? Um, with yeah. you? like what motivated you to, to kind of take that path with your social media and stuff to help people more than just, you're a fitness guy, but you're helping people so much more than just fitness in, in my mind, kind of how I view your content. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, like where that came from and, and what pushes you to keep doing that. Yeah. So I'm going to start from the beginning. Uh, last, yeah, last summer, yeah, last summer, early, early last summer, I, <clears throat> I just realized that posting the same thing, same pictures over and over, you know, whether it be a gym picture, a selfie, whatever it was, it wasn't providing any value to the people that were following me. And it wasn't attracting people that weren't following me in order to follow me. So kind of had this like moment of like, okay, I need to provide some sort of value or content that people will basically ingest and then want to come back to the page essentially to follow me. So last summer, I actually started making some infographics. Uh, you maybe maybe were following my me then, but just this posting summer. Infogra- just- yeah, this was yeah last summer posting infographics. Um, I did that for probably a solid like seven months. And I was pumping out quite a bit of content. I posted two times per day for probably about seven or eight months. You're consistent, man. When, yeah. Yeah you, yeah, you busted out. That's a lot of work too. And that was another thing is that you, you know, people, I guess my view on Instagram is if you're not famous or well-known, then you're going to have to work a hell of a lot harder. Uh, so the thing that I did is I just made this game plan of, 
okay, I'm going to set so much time aside per week. I'm going to make this much content to post on Instagram for the week or the coming weeks. And I'm going to be posting at this specific time. So, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did. Um, Just because I was tired of not, I just felt like I was spinning my wheels on Instagram. I wasn't making any progress, you know, as many people do for sure. Yeah. So that's what I did. And there was times when I, like I had three or four weeks worth of content built and in the bank, ready to go. Captions, ready, hashtags, ready, everything. Um, How much time were you blocking off for that? It was quite a bit of time at first, just because you have to find that groove. And it took me a long time to make the first couple infographics because I use Canva. So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of develop these templates and stuff to use. But after you get a groove down, you can do it pretty efficiently to where I could make probably about three to four infographics in about an hour. Um, The hard part is finding the creativity to do those too. And there was times when I did not have any of it. And there was times when I had a lot and I could pump out a lot more infographics. Absolutely. Do you find that when you uh, like you go through creative modes where you're in like, you have like maybe certain times of the day or just random times where you end up with like motivation and you have all these thoughts on, on the type of uh, content to produce compared to like when you like time block out for it, that maybe you don't have like the creativity flowing to actually um, produce valuable stuff or stuff that's up to your own standards. Cause I run through that big time. Um, And I, thankfully I had someone else, uh, a friend that I met through Instagram started actually giving me some feedback on the infographics that I was posting. And we actually developed a friendship just through that to where I would, you know, send him some, he would kind of give me some graphic designer, (laughs) you know, critiques and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So having someone else kind of second look all the infographics that I was posting was extremely helpful because we also got kind of that design down um, and all the color designs too, as well, which helped tremendously. So yeah, it's very well put together too. Yeah. It all just kind of relates back to that consistency format and just ensuring that everything looks very professional. So, but yeah, I did, I did the infographics for a solid, like seven to eight months, two times per day. And then I started to experiment with some videos as well. And then that's kind of when I started introducing some workout videos, exercise tip videos. Um, I did those for probably a couple of months as well. And then more recently, I've just kind of switched over to more lifestyle motivation um, mm-hmm. of our approach. That's cool, so, man. What's your what's your goal with your, your Instagram then? And, and that is it just to to maybe like start pushing your, your personal brand, like just to grow as a, a human and create network. You mentioned that you're not coaching more, which I didn't know that. I thought that you still were coaching. So like, what's the motivation behind um, what you're doing with your social media is like, is there an end player? Is it just something that you've got into and you're looking at it as maybe something that will develop something else in the future? What's kind of your, like your, yeah. your mindset there? Yeah. So the whole platform, my intentions were to basically monetize it and eventually use it as a coaching platform. Mm -hmm. So that was originally my first goal to do the infographics and kind of target that fitness field. Um, The reason why I stopped infographics, uh, one of the reasons was it's just because it takes a lot of time being in the internship. I knew I wasn't going to have that much time to do that type of stuff. And also to, I, you kind of have to be 
really aware of how Instagram is going, I feel like, and the trends that's going. And I just realized that infographics in general were starting to die down. Big time, huh? Two to three years ago, very hot, very hot mm-hmm. area. Um, and I talked to people where they were posting one infographic and were able to get two to 300 followers easily just off of one infographic. Now it's it's just everything's being recycled on Instagram. And I saw infographics are just being recycled. Mm-hmm. A lot of the information isn't like, <laughs> it's not the best information, you know, it's very broad um, and yeah, very broad. And you can only cover it so much before everything just is a recycled machine. And people don't just, pay attention to it anymore too, for sure. Have you noticed that on Instagram too? Your page seems like it's thriving when a lot of pages, like even my page too. I mean, people, and I, I don't want to just talk about Instagram, but it's just interesting talking to you about it. Cause you've been really successful on there, but um, like there's been, have you noticed any sort of like a decrease, like, um, with engagement and everything, you seem like you're still growing really well. Your your engagement is high. Everything's going really well that way. Have you seen any of like the bump that that everybody else is is talking about as far as like reach and engagement and all of that? Because from the outside, it doesn't really look like it. Yeah, so mine's pretty good. Um, that's another thing is I I've been using basically the same hashtags for the last year. So I do, I don't I really don't change anything up. Um, if I do change a hashtag out, I, I only swap one at a time. So you've got like a little, little bit. Sure. So I have like my set that I use is pretty good. Um, and I know other people have tried to like just I've seen people directly copy my set and use mm-hmm. it. And it's like you can try it because I've tried that before with other, other people's sets and just directly copy and paste what they're using. Because I'm like, wow, their engagement's really good. Well, it's not like it's got to correlate at all. Yeah. Yeah. So my, and that was another reason too, I stopped doing that for graphics because I kind of saw the trend where I was going up at first and then I plateaued and then I dropped. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, we got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's going on. So I kind of just did a a quick investigation of, you know, Instagram, seeing what was popular, seeing what was trending and um, adapted my content a little bit. So I've never, I've never used... I have in the past, but I don't currently use any Instagram pods. Um, all my reach is organic. Nothing is, you know, botted or anything. I've done that in the past, um, two years ago. And I thought this is what you have to do to grow. Um, For sure. But unfortunately, some people still utilize those pods. And I think it was actually beneficial when I stopped using those pods. And that's when I actually saw an increase in my engagement. For sure. That's cool, man. So um, I think I kind of got us off track, but I was asking what your, like what your, your goal is um, like through your social media messaging and, and like the positive thought process and like the more of the life building than like the the fitness stuff. Like where, where are you going with that? Or do you even know, is it just something you're enjoying doing? Like what's kind of your, your vision? I, you know, since changing up the content, I've had a lot of people reach out and say that the posts have really benefited or impacted them in some way mm-hmm. and i've been in that scenario where you've like you really limit yourself with your mind and what you think you can do and i think a lot of people limit themselves discourage themselves um you know when you fail at something that's very if you don't if you're not used to failing or if you don't know you know how to accept failure i think a lot of people take it the wrong way so my goal with the page from here on out is to basically just like show people that they can do more than they think they can. 
Um, and I, I don't want to be the person that just posts all this motivation, motivation quotes, but I actually want to ignite people to do something. You know, maybe they see a post and they like think, you know, maybe that idea that I have isn't so like unrealistic or something like that. For sure. I like that, man. I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more where you say that um, people take failure and, and view their failures in the wrong way. I like that conversation. What what do you mean by that? And how have you seen that? Um, how's that like happen in your life and, and things like that? Because that, that's super powerful. And I think that a lot of people have a misconception about with, with their fel- failures in their lives. Yeah. So <laughs> my my first big failure in life was it was actually happened before I was going to that school down in Florida. Um, you have to get obviously all your shots and everything up to date. And one of those shots is a TV shot. I can't get a TV shot. So I've always done a chest x-ray. Um, and when I went and got the chest x-ray, I got out of the machine and everything. And I look over at the, the sheet and I was like, oh, wow, my spine is actually curved. So Mm -hmm. my mom was like, you know, surprised. She's like, what's going on, you know? And then um, we actually got a full body x-ray and I found out that I had scoliosis. So my spine was curved like 24 degrees. Oh, dang. Is that severe? I it's not very, it's not very severe. I don't, don't, don't think they do surgery until about 33. Okay. But I'd always had some back pain leading up to that. And it just, I just thought it was joints and, you know, achiness, but I overreacted at the time, <laughs> you know, because I'm thinking, this is going to eliminate me, you know, and everything. Um, but from that, it's like, at that time, I looked at the very worst that could have happened. Instead of taking it, you know, stepping back and saying, all right, let's look at this as a challenge. And let's see what I can do to kind of overcome this challenge instead of like, oh, my gosh, now I can't golf. I can't do this. My spine's curved, everything like that. And I think that's what a lot of people do is that whatever happens in life or, you know, work, whatever it may be, people always gravitate towards the negative in the situation, you know? Um, I, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, everyone still does it. I still yeah, do it. I'm like, I, this, same. And it's something, I don't know if it's just engraved in humans that we always gravitate towards the negative, but it, it's just when you constantly do that 24, seven, 365, you're going to live a very negative life. <laughs> you it's know? So it's so true, man. Even with, with everything, like your, your fitness, your nutrition, like if you're going on a diet, whatever it may be, and, and things are going really well. And then you have a big slip up and you view it as a failure, as a negative to, to quit. Like that's just one example, but I see that one with, with people all the time. And I'm, I'm sure that you have in, in the past and whatnot too. So, so I think that's a, a very important message for people to hear. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, some people ask me, you know, what do you do when you have a bad day in the, in the gym? And I just say, next day I go in and I get it again. You know, absolutely. You just can't let one bad day ruin the rest of the week or whatever it may be. You know, likewise, if you slip up on your diet accidentally or you, you know, overeat, it's like it's one day out of your whole life. Like, accept it, move on, learn from it, and grow. And if, yeah, and it builds character, right? If, if you're not accepting it and moving on and, and pushing past it and always just stopping at that failure wall, you're always just 
like you're not going to get anywhere, right? Your, your life is never going to take that next step. If you're not going to push yeah. through whatever failures you're having, if it's in your job, if it's in your, uh, the gym, your, your nutrition, whatever it is. And that's like a big hurdle. I feel like with, with a lot of people looking to take the next step in their life, like they're looking for more, they want more, they want to be more positive. That's what stops them from, from getting that. And I do the exact same thing myself. I don't say it like, cause I, I know what happens with everybody. I've just seen it with clients and people that I've worked with and I see it in myself and just try to become more self-aware of it. I think is the, the first step. Would you agree with that? Yeah. People are, I just noticed, you know, people are very afraid of failing, um, mm-hmm. especially in front of other people too. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. It, yeah. So it's just very interesting. Do you, do you find people like, so how did you deal with that when you got onto like Instagram and stuff? Like what stopped you from, um, like thinking, Oh, I, maybe I shouldn't be posting this. Who am I to be posting this type of stuff and whatnot? Did you go through that at all? Do you know what I'm, I mean? Like where yeah, you're, you're down yeah, yourself and worried about what everybody else and like, cause I know a lot of people would love to be, um, uh, like on social media, sharing more or starting businesses or, or building a personal brand around themselves, just in whatever it may be. But so many people get caught up in not doing it because they're scared of what everybody else is gonna gonna think. I was doing that for a long time. I had built up a a decent following, not a big following, but a decent following a few years back. And then I stopped because like I got in this mindset that I was so scared about what everybody else thought. And I was in my own little small town and they're all seeing my content. And it you know what I mean? And you get so yeah. caught up in in everybody else's emotions. So did you go through that? And if you did, like how did you you work through that and did it stop you at all for any period of a time from, from pursuing what you're pursuing? Yeah. So I was very, I'm still an introvert, but in high school, I was definitely an introvert as well. Same. Um, I had a very small group of friends of maybe three to four people. I was never, never the popular kid, nothing like that. Um, and I think a lot of that changed when I actually started lifting weights and started to develop more confidence through the fact, and it wasn't that, you know, my body was changing through lifting weights. It was the confidence that, Hey, look, I can do this. Um, I'm staying consistent. Um, you know, it's something that I'm able to put in work and I'm able to see changes. So through that, I think my confidence and just ability to like block out what everyone else thought changed drastically. Um, you know, and the whole thing of getting worried about what people think, I, I think that's something you just have to kind of grow with, honestly. I mean, you're always going to have people thinking like whatever you're doing is wrong or isn't right. Or, you know, I just, you're always going to have those people in that corner. And I think that's just something you're going to have to accept that you're never going to have everyone in one corner supporting you. Um, You will gain a lot of people in that corner that support you but you will also always have people in the other corner that will not support you with what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, And it's, (laughs) it's really interesting too, because I've come from a small town as well. And um, it's just interesting to see when you start doing something really good um, and everything starts to gain, gain traction that the people that were supporting you in the beginning, they kind of go to the other side of, you know, not supporting you fully or don't believe with what you're doing. Um, and I've kind of learned that those, kind of ignore it. Yeah. Just ignore it. You know, yeah, even though sure. they can't, because you're making such a big impact, but yeah, absolutely. it's like those people were, I don't want to classify them, but I just think they were afraid to actually take the step that you took and to see you succeeding with what you're doing. 
makes them feel some type of way, I guess. Yeah. And Just, then you kind of find the people maybe at first that were hating and it starts to, and hating is such a douchey term, but, but that were, you know what I mean? And then yeah. they see that it's working and then they kind of come around and start supporting um, what you're doing, or at least acknowledging what you're doing and things like that. Have you kind of found that too? Like the yeah. world almost, and it's not with everybody, but some people, it almost seems like that flips a little bit. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't want to come off as, you know, being cocky about it. It's not, nothing about being cocky about, you know, reaching your goals or whatever it may be. It's just, um, you know, be proud of what you're doing, you know, and absolutely. Like I said, you're just, you're always going to have people that disagree with what you're doing. And that's something I've just kind of learned and accepted. Um, I always, it's funny because when Jim shark a long time ago, when Jim shark first was starting out, they had their joggers that at the time, like no one wore these like tight joggers, you know, in America, it was always kind of the looser baggier clothes. Yeah. So when people first started ordering these Gymshark joggers, um, especially being in Montana, no one wore those type of clothes to the gym. It was always yeah. shorts or whatever, you know. So when I first wore those joggers to the school, when I first wore them, I was like, wow, I feel so out of place here. Um, and that was kind of like my first big step, I felt like, out of like this comfort zone. And now everyone wears joggers. It's just, Absolutely. It's crazy, you know. Absolutely. So. Especially with that ugly sign or that ugly logo that they it's not ugly but just like that big loud um, yeah. shark that they had at first for sure i want to talk a little bit about that dude i've seen that you've um so you've connected with like ogus and chris elkins and and some of those guys a little bit which is super cool because those ogus to me is like the og like the first guy mm-hmm. that you really could watch and really get valuable info and and whatnot from almost like like to us, I guess in a way, almost like a fitness celebrity, you know what I mean? Just like one yeah. of those big, like real guys. So I would love to hear a little bit like about that, how that happened, how you came into contact with him. I know that you went um, on a trip out there just a little while ago and, and got to hang out with a, a few of those guys. Where did all that come from? Cause that seems like another daunting thing to just the regular Joe, like to, to be in the presence and like, not just like talking to those guys at an expo or something, but like training and enjoying and, and building a relationship with them. So like, to, if you don't mind, talk to me a little bit, yeah. like where did that come from? Yeah. So everyone's always curious. Uh, I'm sure how I got to, how I got to train with Matt Ogus. Uh, yeah, for sure. So basically it started off when he released his seven, five, three program. I knew Ogus. I had, Knew of him long before that, obviously mm-hmm. through Jim Shark, uh, his YouTube and everything. But my first, like, I bought one of his half natty shirt. No, not the half natty, but LOA from Chris and um, Matt. That was, a long, that was that, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a while ago. So that was the first product I ever brought, bought from him. And then I ended up buying Matt's training program, the August 753. And that kind of like sparked a lot of it because then we got put into the facebook group i met a lot of people in the facebook group through that um so it's then, just all through social media mostly all through social media started. completely yep and then there was this really weird thing on the post and it was hashtag nutsack gang <laughs> i've seen that i don't know what that yeah. means but i've seen that somewhere before i don't know who originally <laughs> started it i think matt posted it or something and then it was this game of like, okay, whenever Matt post or whatever, like whoever's the first one, like that's where we're going to put hashtag Matt Sat gang. Okay. So it's, 
I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I started eventually. Um, That's a good and story. For, for a year straight, I just, it was like me and one other person and I was usually first and that's what I would comment on his photo inside and, the Facebook group. Uh, no, this was on Instagram. Okay. And then, and he had a big following at that point too, then very I big. Mean, Probably, yeah. It was still over 400,000. Yeah, I, sure. I think he's over 500 now, but yeah, I just posted that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going out to California and I know Matt lives in that area. I'm going to, I'm going to send, uh, send him a message and see if he wants to train. And Chris Elkins was also out there at that time. I knew they were training together. At this time, Chris Elkins only had 11,000 followers. So mm-hmm. he was still tiny. Sure. Um, so just a random message. Like you were just in California. Um, um, yeah, a little just, bit just from the Facebook group, this big, and you just decide to just, just shoot a message and be like, hey, man, you want to train? I slid in the DMs. Good for you. Uh, bro. And I don't, dude, it's been such a long time, but. I that takes a train. lot of courage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does, man. That takes that takes some nuts. <laughs> so he didn't see the message, but Chris did at the time. And I trained with Chris. And then also a little bit later, I trained with Matt down there. So, I, you know, it honestly, the whole thing just started with sending a message through Instagram. And that's why I got so, to train with both of them. Just a random DM. And uh, training with those guys, is it? Is it different? Like, I don't know how to explain that, but like the motivation behind like your training, when you get to train with them and then when like conversating with them and then coming back home and, and getting into your own training, like, does it, does it, do you feel like it up levels you in a, in a way? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, uh, even when I trained with Chris the very first time, even though he like, he he didn't have a large following, but he, I wouldn't care about that. He had that sure. large influence in the fitness industry still. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they're just legendary. really, yeah. Like just yeah. solid, like really known, like guys that we look up to. Yeah. So that was very insightful. And it's just like, wow, this is really happening. Like, you know, this guy has been on, you know, he knows Matt, he's, you know, coaches people. So that was my very first experience with anyone really from Instagram like that. And it's just, it was so overwhelming. I didn't know what to do. Um, then when I got to train with Matt, that was like, you know, um, sure. yeah, that, that experience is something I'll always remember. Um, Matt is such an amazing person. He's just like, he is online, super down to earth, very chill, um, pays his full attention to whatever you're you know, talking about or whatever. I just, I can't speak enough for the dude. He's just amazing. Yeah, man, my uh, the, the so the first like real program that I ever bought, like a, a progression scheme, not like a cookie cutter program, was August seven five three, and and he, yeah, man, he's just like such a a chill guy. Like his YouTube videos and whatnot, he doesn't put any fluff into him. It's like like he just put one out a little while ago, just going through a training session, and it's yeah. stuff that at this point we all um, know for the most point. Like guys that have been trained for quite a while and and into the the science and the research and whatnot but just watching in the way that that he i don't even know how to explain him. he's just a super chill down-to-earth guy that you can always pick up little things from like to incorporate into your own stuff just very very knowledgeable so i thought that was cool man that that uh, you just reached out and just went for it and i'm sure like when you got to to work out with him where you're nervous and like like a little oh, bit I was so anxiety especially where you're like yeah. you're an introvert and i am myself too so like putting yourself out there like second guessing everything about yourself and whatnot. Like when you, when you get in that situation, like, did you have all of that come up at the same time too? Oh, totally. 
I, you know, when I walked up to him, I'm like, I was shaking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. This isn't real. Like, I'm at Gold's Gym in California getting ready to train with Matt Ogus. Like, this, you know, I'm, I'm just a kid from Montana. Like, who am I? <laughs> a random DM. That's cool, man. That's a, that's a, a super cool story. So, like, with that, where it's in your content, it's like you're actually proving it, you're doing it, like you're putting in action. Um, with your life, everything that you're doing, action day in and day out, and then taking the risks and, and trying to up-level yourself. What do you think with people is like their biggest limiting factor to doing that? What's stopping most people from from taking those next steps or putting themselves out there and, and being yeah. more positive into the world to be able to get more out of it? Yeah, so I just made a, I made a post on this not too long ago, and uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it was something like rejection only lasts a little while but not taking a chance lasts forever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something, you know, and I've, I've kind of hold that in my heart that if you don't try, there is 100% chance that's not going to happen, you know, but if it, you at least try or do something about it, there's a small chance it's going to happen. And that was yeah, just, sure. you know, going into Matt's DM and stuff. But it was also, I invested in, in kind of Matt's products too. Mm-hmm. as well so i bought the training program i bought uh, his other program um you know i bought the the shirt from loa so it's not like i'm just some random person that's sliding mm-hmm. into his dms that's never interacted with him before so i think that's also important if you're trying to um, get the attention of someone you also have to invest in what they're doing as well absolutely you have to um this comes up a lot in in other podcasts and whatnot that i hear too when you're trying to get somebody's attention you can't just go out like to somebody that you maybe want to like to mentor you or just have a conversation with or get to train with it's not going to work if you just show up and be like hey i'm here let's do this let's do this and you come off like needy like be my mentor or give me this advice you know what i mean like you've got to show some sort of value like you're showing value by engaging on his stuff purchasing his products like being engaged in his community which is bringing him value in the long run right and then um leveraging that in some sort of yeah. way and not in like a, a vindictive way but just leveraging it in a way that that can bring you um success and, and positivity into your own life at the same time right yeah yeah i absolutely agree but yeah matt was you know amazing person after we trained he's like uh, hey, let's go grab something to eat. So we actually went and ate together after that. And then he said, hey, you want to go home and meet Trent and Blue, which is the two dogs. So I went, I got to go to his house. He gave me some LOA stuff, which, you know, was still in the packaging. Um, yeah, That's it's just, cool, it was an amazing so, experience. So that was the first time, right? And then you've gone back right. out since. So did you like just stay in contact with them and, and just go back out to, or did you have something else going on out there or like, uh, so my grandma, my grandma lives actually in that area, probably about oh, 20 cool. miles from him. So oh, whenever cool. I am out there, it's just, I, uh, I hit him up and everything and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've trained with him three times now. That's cool, man. And the last time we went out there, there was Jessica, which is Chris Elkins girlfriend, yeah. mm-hmm. um, her sister. Um, yeah, there's quite a few of us. Man, that's cool, man. Good for you. So um, one of my last questions for you then is you're obviously going through your your dietetics um, intern at the moment you're, and whatnot. What's your plan for your career? Like what are you, what are you wanting to do as, as you get out of that? What's your – like in the foreseeable future, what are, what are your plans? Uh, so obviously work with sports or in that area. 
And I'm actually looking at possibly going down to fitness culture, which is Steve Cook's gym. Yep. I know one of the ladies that works at the front desk and also behind the scenes. And I know they're going to be looking for a sports dietitian here in the future um, to work with. So I'm going to try to go down there afterwards and maybe um, work there. Good for you, man. St. George is a is an awesome place. I actually went to college there for a year. I, our family had a, a vacation home down there for for quite a long time, but we just sold it. But it's amazing, and and Fitness Culture's gym is is awesome. It's super awesome. Yeah, yeah. You would so, actually come through uh, my hometown on the way, so that'd be awesome. Like if you stopped and we could get a training session in yeah. at, at uh, my gym and whatnot too, because it's just on the freeway on the way, man. So that'd be way cool. But yeah, big things, man. It's all about taking those risks and. Uh... Um, it's gotta be hungry. Absolutely. So that's, you've got like a, you've got a year still in your intern. Did you just start? How much longer do you have? August, August 1st is when I started, uh, and I'll be done at the end of May. Uh, and then at that point, that's when I can sit for the exam. Cool, man. Well, good for you. That's awesome, man. My last question um, for you is I'm, I'm going to start asking every single one of the guests that comes on this, just because when people listen to us and whatnot, we probably come across as like we, we know what we're doing and everything when it comes to our health and everything we're experienced, but we all still have struggles just like everybody else when it comes to that sort of stuff. Like whether it's your nutrition, um, like your training, what's your biggest struggle inside of, um, like your, your fitness and your health today, what do you struggle with the most and continuously have to work at? I think finding the time, <laughs> it can be a very big struggle, especially if you're a very busy individual, uh, and what I mean by that is just finding the time to ensure that you're eating healthy, um, ensuring that you're finding the time for the gym or whatever it may be, and also finding the time for self-care, because I think a lot of people neglect self-care quite a bit. Um, you know, I and that just comes down to basically looking at what your week looks like and blocking out specific time for certain activities if you absolutely have to. Um, a lot of people say they don't have time, but I think if they actually sat down and looked at their whole schedule and were able to block out time, they'd realize that they maybe have a lot more time than they say they do. Wasting it on on social Wasting media, it. looking at Hunter yeah. Polly's Instagram, getting inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, you know, people, people try to attack way too much in the beginning, I feel like, get frustrated and just fall off the train immediately, yeah. so... You I know, find people do that all the time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just take one simple change and roll with it, get it down, and then maybe add another change or a new habit the next week. So let it compound. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%, man. Well, I really do um, appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you've got a, a lot going on. You're a busy dude, post on Instagram, <laughs> taking care of your intern and your training and everything. So, where can people find out more about you, um, your Instagram handle, all that kind of stuff? If there's anywhere else you'd like to, to push yeah, so my Instagram like obviously is where I'm Instagram is where I'm most active. Uh it's just at Hunter underscore Polly P A U L E Y. Um send me a message. I'll I look at all the DMs. So um try to get back to you as soon as possible. But that's definitely where I'm most active. Cool man. I appreciate it, dude.